The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. Today we have, as a guest, the preeminent global fraud detective agency, Steve Lee from Steve Lee and Associates. And Steve, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Cindy. Good morning. Good morning. You're the man that helped notch the $2.75 billion antitrust settlement on behalf of Discover Financial Services, and that's why we had you on the show last year. But the fund didn't stop from there, did it? That's right. It never stops. Never stops. It was There's always, something, tech- good. There's always something good happening in the world, or I guess from our perspective, something bad that needs fixing. There's always something bad that needs fixing, but... 2009, first quarter of 2010, was probably um, interesting in terms of what needed to be fixed because when the world faces an economic challenge or an economic reset or an economic depression, you tend to find more of these kinds of things that need fixing. Is that correct? That's true, Cindy. I I mean, um, yeah, you know, here we find ourselves in this in this uh, great recession, as it's often been called, and it certainly surfaces lots and lots of problems and causes lots of problems that that wouldn't otherwise exist or wouldn't otherwise you know come to the surface where we can see them and deal with them. And also, I think that uh, you know we all understand that given this downturn, you know many many um, <clears throat> fixes. Uh, have been delayed or politicized or, uh, you know, uh, put off to another time uh, or people don't want to deal with them. And by people, I mean you know, generally companies, organizations, banks, borrowers, what have you. Um, and, you know, you can only put off, I mean, some problems you can only put off so long before they you know, grow to critical mass and, you know, hatch children and, you know, you're overwhelmed with, with difficulties. So I think that's part of what's, what's uh, you know, happening here in 2009 and the first quarter of 2010 that makes fraud investigation in general such a busy uh, practice. Well, it does. It, it's no coincidence that we, you know, economists had known that we were probably going to have a huge bubble that was going to be burst, and there were... Factors that were taken into account, like the subprime mortgage mess, it's very similar to, you know, the dot-com bubble. You 
get things that have that pretend to have a value that's a lot more than it really has, and then you know that the bubble's going to burst. That's basic. But at the same time that this started to happen, all of a sudden Bernie Madoff is caught. And right. then after Bernie Madoff is caught, you have a whole bunch of other mini Madoffs that come forward in the picture. And, you know, but this is how it works, isn't it? It is. You know, these things do come in cycles, uh, just like just like business cycles, and they're related, you know, to business cycles. I mean, we, we went through uh, pretty much a, a nearly unprecedented boom. Um, you know, you mentioned the dot-com uh, fired boom, and then we went through a real estate, uh, if you will, a fired boom. You know, those are the engines of, of sort of these extraordinary expansions. And, and let's face it, you know, who doesn't want to have an expansion? You know, who who doesn't want to drink the Kool-Aid and say, yeah, you know, my my $200,000 house is really worth $600,000? Well, you know, we all like that. Um, it gives us access to capital. It makes us feel good about ourselves. Of course, the problem is, you know, we only feel good about ourselves as long as the boom lasts, and then when the bottom falls out, you know, it's it's actually a, a bad time, and 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 it reflects not only badly on us as a country, uh, you know, and, and you hear that in terms of unemployment figures, you know, gross domestic product uh, diminution, and you know, um, takeovers of private sector companies and banks. But I think we also feel that as individuals. You know, it's, it's not a good feeling to have your net worth go away. No, it's even, not. Even if you're employed. What's, but the interesting, here's the interesting fact. You talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. You talk about people feeling really good walking around, that they, walking around saying they have a $1.1 million house when, you know, the real worth of the house is half of that maybe. Okay, right. and that's what really went on a lot during, mm-hmm. you know, the real estate bubble. And how could people not know, I mean, if they're people with common sense, they're people that have been educated, how could they not know somewhere in the back of their heads that this inflation is cyclical and doesn't, <laughs> not a long-term gain? Well, you know, I, it's a really interesting question. I mean, this, and this, this really goes to the whole world of, of you know, sort of um, mass behavioral psychology, uh, which interestingly enough, you know, touches on uh, on the whole world of fraud and fraud investigation. Because of course, there's there's a great deal of of uh, what's going on in in people's minds that leads to not only being victims of fraud, but also perpetrators of of fraud, both at the you know at the really um, banal pedestrian level, like you know, walking out of the back of the warehouse with your employer's goods, all the way up to you know the Bernie Madoffs of the world who take you know billions and billions of dollars uh, from from the unsuspecting. But I think that what happens is we, as a people, tend to suspend our disbelief collectively. Uh, because we want to, it's the, in a way, it's the same feeling that that grips a movie audience when it goes in to see uh, Avatar. 
you know, the, the recent James Cameron film where all the main characters are really tall, blue, and have tails. I mean, you know, in order to enjoy that movie, and I know I enjoyed it, um, and millions and millions of people did, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief in tall blue people with tails, um, you know, that fly on, that fly on, you know, colorful predator birds. Well, it's the same thing in a fraud, Cindy. I mean, um, and, and it's the same thing in a bubble. Um, we collectively suspend our disbelief. We suspend our skepticism, uh, you know, despite the fact that, uh, you know, we've got people in the middle of our country who, you know, whose motto is show me. <clears throat> a lot right. of times we, a lot of times we don't require anything being shown to us. What we hear is we hear pundits telling us that, you know, everything's great and that the economy's expanding and gross domestic product went up more than expected and, uh, you know, the tech sector's booming and the financial sector is the place to go for new jobs. And, and you know, those things, all of those things I just said are not hyperbole. Those were things people were saying three years ago and they were dead serious about it. Right. Well, but people like you really knew that it was um, sort of avatar entertainment because you are by you are educated in economics and you kind of knew that the movie was going to end right uh, that's true but also you know in fairness i have to say that that you know my profession is a profession that you know embraces skepticism so you know, we're always looking at things sort of cross-eyed and stroking our chins and scratching our heads and saying, really? Does that really make sense? And, of course, a lot of times, you know, the matters that we're looking at are matters where somebody's done wrong to somebody else, like the, you know, you mentioned the $2.75 billion uh, antitrust settlement in the Discover versus Visa and MasterCard case. And, you know, that was a case where over a long period of time, two very big organizations that all of us are familiar with because most of us have their credit cards in our pockets, did some wrong to one of the other credit card companies. Now, you know, does your heart break over, uh, you know, over somebody doing wrong to a credit card company? In 2010, probably not. But, but you know, that's what our court systems are for, is to get equitable relief from, you know, from those kinds of wrongs. Now, much harder for us as individuals, you know, to get that kind of justice. Much harder for individuals. Yeah. I think that's very, very true. And but, and that's why I would say, you know, it's actually more. Um, it, it really uh, inures to our benefit to be more more cautious, to exercise more skepticism. And you know what? People are doing that right now. Now, now. Um, Perhaps the pendulum has swung too far, you know, and, and you hear constant complaints about how consumer confidence is low and consumers aren't coming back to the economy. They're not buying in large measure. The holiday season wasn't that great. The first quarter isn't that great. Uh, people aren't buying cars. Well, yeah, there's a reason for that, and it's not just, it's not just shortness of cash. Uh, it's not just high rates of unemployment, I mean, incredibly high rates of unemployment. Uh, it's also, uh, you know, it's also a reaction to everything that's happened in the past couple of years. People tend to, you know, they, they reevaluate and they say, well, 
not only can I not afford this, but even if I could afford it, I think I'd rather keep it in a sock under my mattress. Yeah, well, we've seen that kind of behavior before. This was the kind of behavior that we've seen with our grandparents as, be- as boomers. Yes. And we didn't know why they were recycling the aluminum foil. As kids, we thought that was kind of crazy, right? I mean, Well, that, that's true, or why we had to finish our plates because people in fill-in-the-blank are starving. Right, and this right. is the mentality that we all kind of said, yeah, right, aren't we glad that these times are over? That's never going to happen again. Well, at least as kids, before we got our, you know, masters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and understood what economic cycles were. We just never thought we would see it again. And I think that's really what's mind-blowing about this financial reset, is nobody thought it could ever happen to us. I think you're right, Cindy, um, That's right. I think there probably was never a reasonable expectation on virtually anybody's part that this could happen to us, us meaning uh, boomers and, and, you know, sort of the first or second successive uh, generation or mini-generation after the boomers. And certainly, uh, when I think about how I grew up, I was inculcated into the idea that um, you know, that hard work would prevail, uh, that everything would get better uh, over time, mm. uh, that we would all move forward. And you know, I think there's a lot of uh, of uh, dissatisfaction and also disillusionment among many people who uh, find that you know, that isn't always the case. No, 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 that's very true. Well, listen, we have to take a quick commercial break because, as you remember, these segments go by very fast, and we have a lot of territory to cover. After all, it's not very often that I have the preeminent global fraud detective on my show. So stand by. More from Steve Lee when we come right back. voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Steve Lee, managing partner from Steve Lee and Associates. And Steve, um, I, you know, I could sing your praises, but I really don't have to all that much today because this week you're featured in a cover story in LA Business Journal. And you're featured in a story that's titled On the Hunt. Where did On the Hunt come from? <laughs> well, not from me. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, I think the, um, the reporter, uh, who's a very nice guy, by the way, uh, really uh, got into it and um, you know, perhaps, uh, perhaps painted a portrait that was a little more... Uh, Tall, blue, and have has, has a tail than uh, than we really do. But, Are you going uh, back to Avatar again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so don't suspend your disbelief um, on my account. But uh, yeah, on the hunt, I think uh, you know what uh, what the uh, what the journalist was referring to was the fact that uh, we you know we engage in asset recovery and and really sort of a number of prosecutorial types of activity on behalf of injured parties you know when it when it sometimes when it's not a matter for law enforcement you know it's really a matter of again equitable relief for somebody who's been harmed uh, or sometimes in concert with law enforcement when both criminal and you know civil activity uh, are are the focus of what the wrongdoer has done, you know. So, for example, like a Madoff case, you know, obviously criminal, the guy's in jail, um, but also, you know, he caused great harm to many, many people, and and people look for, you know, investors look to recoveries, and lenders look for recoveries in those kinds of matters, and you know, sometimes the assets get moved offshore. That's actually very frequent these days, mm-hmm. and by that, you know, what I'm really uh, to make that very clear, what I mean is, you know, they they hide the money, uh, you know, somewhere else in in Belize or Costa Rica or Liechtenstein or Switzerland or Hong Kong, you know, you name it, and we have to go after it. Um, and I think that's really what he meant by on the hunt. 
Right. Well, you know, when you're hired by somebody to find that money, you're going to bring together the team. You're a powerhouse, Steve. I have to, you know, the the thing that I think the reporter was mesmerized by is the fact that he understood that you're not a one-man operation. He understood that the part of the success of Steve Lee and Associates is going global and yeah. bringing in probably the most first-rate teams around the world that can do the hunt with your supervision. Well, that that's right. I mean, I think, uh, or maybe another way of putting it is, you know, you in this kind of business, to be successful, you have to surround yourself with people who are better, faster, and smarter than yourself. And, and, and that's what I've done. Um, I've got a great team of people with very, very diverse skills, you know, every, every sort of, uh, you know, and for this kind of work, you have to have people who are, you know, forensic uh, technicians, not in the blood spatter sense like CSI, but I mean, but in the numbers sense, so that they can truly follow through financial statements, credit card records, checking accounts, you know, really track uh, money uh, and understand transactions on one side. And then we have people who are, you know, former special forces types of individuals who are really uh, very good at investigation and penetration and, and activities, you know, like that, that are a little more exotic and, and dramatic. And, and then you have to have, you know, people who are every bit as good as the cyber criminals are in, in terms of their um, positive legal ethical hacking capability in order to track and stop those kinds of, you know, the, the bad guys who are, uh, who are, perpetrating cybercrime on the rest of us. So, it, okay. yeah, it's a, it's a talented and a very, very interesting team. I, I have to tell you, I mean, I just I have a great time with these people. It's, uh, this is not like work. This is more oh, like Oh, a, I know. Uh, you love your SWAT teams, your economic yes, SWAT teams. It's, um, I, I, I do. It's, it's more like a soiree than a work. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it would be nice if everybody else felt that passionate about their jobs, but in your case, you have every reason to feel passionate. Now, you mentioned... Cybercrime, and as you know, this is an area of your expertise, and you work with others in, who are experts in this area. And because of what, the nature of economic reset and the nature of predatorial types of um, criminals that feed off of you know, bad times, there couldn't be a time more ripe for for cybercrime. But before we go into cybercrime, I want to go I want to talk a little bit about um cyber power and political structure only because it's been talked about so much in the news lately and it's a little bit of the posturing between Google and the Chinese government. Right. And um I think it makes a nice backdrop or introduction because the Chinese government was accused accused um, you know, of hacking into information that allegedly wasn't their own. But that was a really great PR spin because the Chinese government really can do whatever they want, can't they? Well, they really can. I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, you're right. It is, it is an interesting uh, PR spin um, because, right, I mean, this, this is maybe the way we should look at this is, you know, in the United States, 
and in most of the Western world, uh, and in fact most of the world, when you think about the Internet or the World Wide Web, you know, you think about something that looks like maybe a, a map of brain cells and neurons in the human brain, you know, or, or maybe another way of looking at it is like, you know, you see those pictures from space of all the lights in the United States, and you can't make sense of it from above. I mean, you look and you say, wow, what a crazy network. There's every conceivable, you know, variety of light on, and they seem to connect everywhere. You know, it's, a, it's incredibly uh, nuanced and thick, rich um, network infrastructure, right? I mean, we can get on anywhere, anytime, any place. We can get on with any provider. We can, you know, we can use... You know, most of us have multiple email accounts. We have may have multiple computers, lots of different ways to access. In China, it's very different. I mean, it's uh, think of a, you know, think of one eight-lane superhighway that runs from one end of the country to the other. That's the web in China. It's owned by the government. It's controlled by the government. And frankly, it's really controlled by um, by military. Um, organizations in China, as, as a lot of trade is, uh, as a lot of utility is in China. Um, I mean, let's face it, you know, China Telecom itself was and really remains in many ways an arm of the Chinese army. So it's no surprise that, you know, we have very different systems. Um, and look, you know, if you've got, if you've got one eight-lane you know, superhighway, and you've got a toll guy at the at each end of the highway, and the toll guy works for the government. Who's going to get on the superhighway? Only the people that the government wants on that superhighway. And are they going to know that you're there? Absolutely. Oh no, I think that's very, very well stated, very well articulated. I, you know, it's interesting. You and I both work in global industries, and I think that we don't necessarily um, read. read American stories the way that every American reader is going to interpret a story because we see things very globally. We've worked around the world. And um, I found from a public relations perspective that Google was very smart in its approach to make it seem as if, you know, China was doing oh so wrong and let's fall on our swords of free speech once again when you know this is where yeah, in the in the world of cyber army <clears throat> I don't think that Google could win <laughs> because you have somebody on the other side that has their own agenda and have been following that same agenda for how long <laughs> I mean a lot longer than the United States has been in existence that's for sure <laughs> Well, that's, right. that's definitely that's definitely true. I mean, um, if well, a couple of comments about what you just said. First of all, there's no question that you are a global expert in public relations. I, I had the chance to learn that personally, uh, so I I trust your assessment of of what's going on. And I I happen I mean from my perspective. I happen to agree uh, that I think, you know, what you're seeing is, you know, Google kind of essentially making up a very, very public appeal, which if you think about it, is a little unusual for them, right? A public appeal that, look, you know, the Chinese are the bad guys and we're just trying to be, you know, our good, you know, 
fundamentally American selves, you know, free speech, freedom of association, all these good things that we have, and we'd like to bring them to these poor backward, you know, folks in China. Um, you know, all whatever 1.2 or 1.3 billion of them. <laughs> um, you know, and and you're right. I mean, it's a terrible oversimplification. It it's it's an attempt to transpose you know one way of of uh being on the web that is that is uh you know fundamentally conducive to US infrastructure to uh, a completely different kind of infrastructure and to your point that Google's not going to win this argument um, I think their whole PR approach is is almost like raising the white flag I mean because it's kind of like saying look we're not we don't have the resources. We're not big enough. We can't play in this game. These guys are sovereigns. You know, this is the biggest sovereign nation in the world. Um, you know, we need a lot of help and a lot of pressure from the government, from the people, in order to move the Chinese. Now, anybody who is a student of Chinese history would know that that's not going to work with, with with China to begin with. And then I think you're right. You know, Google has tremendous power. They have tremendous. Um, Quantities of information about us. I mean, you, you you talk about the Chinese. I mean, they talk about the Chinese being intrusive into the web and looking at information. You have any idea what Google knows about you? Yeah, right. <laughs> they know everything about you. They know more than you know. They, in some ways, they know more about you than your spouse knows about you, or that your children or parents know about you. I mean, after all, they know what places you look at. They know what you search for. They know what restaurants you're interested in. They know what kinds of products you want to buy. Um, if you have Gmail, they manage your, you know, your email servers. Um, I'm not suggesting that they're Big Brother and that they filter everything that you you do. What I am saying is that in their possession, in their custody is probably much more information about you than the Chinese government maintains about most of its citizens. Oh, no, I think that's very true. We do have to take another commercial break, and we're going to come back to this and finish up this thought as we get into the day-to-day risks and concerns about cybercrime. So stand by with more with Steve Lee from Steve Lee Associates right after this commercial break. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn 
saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Stop wasting time. Get what you want. Live your dream life. The dream big revolution. Imagine having more freedom, better health, more money, happiness. Could your business be more successful? Unless you're living the life you want, you're wasting precious time. Your life is too valuable to waste. Let Leanne Hilgers help you find health, wealth, and happiness. Listen in and live your dream life. Join the dream big revolution. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with the preeminent global fraud detective, Steve Lee from Steve Lee and Associates. And again, I'm, I'm really just reading what I see in the news. Steve has become a regular commentator on CNN and MSNBC and most recently featured in LA Business Journal. And, um, so Steve, we're, we're very happy to have you on our, um, sort of you know, little little podcast that goes around the world. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here with you. Thank you for joining us. Okay, we are talking about, you know, the structure of cyber power and who calls the shots, and that kind of leads into talking about cyber crime and how particularly during these tough times it's really become it, it's be, it's becoming worse and worse and hackers and and stealers are becoming so much more sophisticated um, constantly figuring out ways to hack into systems and take everything that you own including your identity and your money and anything else that might be proprietary or that you thought was proprietary to yourself right that's right, um, and it's kind of an interesting, it's a very interesting, and I mean, it can be a scary world um, we live in. Um, you know, just to, to sort of, before we take three steps forward, just taking one step back, you know, with the Chinese uh, issue, you know, we were, I think we were both expressing some cynicism about the, you know, about sort of the Google China 
conflict um, and and sort of the real motivations of Google and you know that that sort of thing and what the standards of the community are in China. Now, I have to tell you, I mean the the um, in testimony before Congress, um, uh, the uh, U.S. China. Um, I think he's the Commerce Secretary, uh, Larry Wurzel. Yeah, the, 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 he's the Commissioner for U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission. Quotes, you know, a, uh, a Chinese official, a guy who runs uh, one of their labs, who says, you know, cyber warfare may be carried out in two ways. In war times, disrupt and damage the networks of infrastructure facilities such as power systems, telecom systems, and so on, or in military engagements. Uh, you know, so I, I don't want to suggest that there's no risk from China. I just don't think that the risk is associated with what they do really to Gmail accounts in China. You know, that's not really the, that, that's not the most pernicious thing that could happen. And that really relates to this issue of, in two ways, to this issue of cybercrime that you're talking about. You know, one thing is, um, you know, we, we we are concerned as a nation about how vulnerable we are to those kinds of attacks. We have to be even more concerned in many ways as individuals about our vulnerability to those attacks and attacks of all kinds because we don't have the resources as individuals to defend ourselves from those kinds of attacks. Um, and I'm not talking about from the Chinese uh, government or from you know uh, foreign hackers who uh, um, sovereign hackers you know, who might work for foreign powers who don't like us. We're talking about people all over the world who simply want to exploit us as individuals. Um, it's not even clear under the law that we have the right even if we did have the means to defend ourselves, it's not clear under the current law that we even have the right to mount a counterattack on somebody who is after us, which is kind of interesting. Essentially saying, you know, you, you, not only you're vulnerable, there's not that much you can do about it except in a passive um, sort of way. So this is made for, this, is, this has created a lot of anarchy, a lot of um, opportunity for cyber criminals, lots of incentives, to hack and attack, to fish, to send out Trojans, to put rootkits onto other people's machines, to do key logging, uh, you know, using software, all for the purpose of exploiting your and my uh, and everyone's reliance on these machines as a, as a big part of our uh, lives. And um, this is a real... This is a real serious problem. Cybercrime has become a gigantic um, weight on our economy. Um, you know, uh, well over well over a trillion dollars a year in losses. And the focus of these cyber criminals these days is not hacking into your machine to get the information that you've stored on your hard drive, which is sort of the way it was perhaps five years ago. Right. What, they're, what they're after is information in transit because it's the most vulnerable thing that there is. So when you're making a purchase on the Internet, it's that, it's that fraction of a second where that information is being transmitted between your machine and the processor 
of the credit card transaction or even the PayPal transaction that your material is incredibly vulnerable. It's when you're filling, it's when you're transmitting a form that has your driver's license, your social security number on it, your bank account number, and, and, and let's talk about that for just a second. Home banking uh, is perhaps the single most vulnerable place right now uh, that cyber criminals are attacking, um, and it, it can cause tremendous mayhem for us as individuals and tremendous loss for our small businesses who rely on this kind of um, activity because for us as individuals, we have some insurance, if you will. Um, there, there's sort of a you're covered up to a certain extent for those kinds of losses uh, by by your bank. Uh, as a business, that's not the case. Very and scary. Yes, very very scary indeed. And um, most of us engage in practices on the internet that essentially invite cyber criminals to take advantage of us. Let me um, let me just kind of ask you a question from my own experience. Individual account. Um, if I, let's say I receive a notification that doesn't seem right, it's asking for my information, my basic information, and we talked about this before, Stephen, also with some of your associates, Stan Stahl, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I get something from, let's just say, Smith Barney Visa, okay, and right. it says, oh, we're updating our files, please give us your information. Now, because I'm sort of cognizant of this, I know that I don't fill out anything for anybody. Um, and send it back just because it has a Smith Barney logo on it, right? Right, that's right. I'm in the know about these things. So what I do is, you know, I'll call up Smith Barney and um, let them know that I received this, and they'll have a SWAT team on it that says, oh, please send that to us right away. We're really cracking down on this. But this is, they're cracking down on it because I'm an individual that had brought this to their attention. If I were a business that brought something like this to their attention, would they not respond like that? No, I think they would. Um, I think they would be just as interested uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, one is that um, once you bring it to their attention, they often have a fiduciary duty uh, in common law and, and perhaps even in the, on the basis of your contract with them, you know, the contract that exists for services between you and Smith Barney or Bank of America or whoever you're dealing with. Uh, and so they're going to have to do something about it. And also they want to do something about it. You know, the information security professionals in these companies are very anxious to try to protect their systems to make sure that, uh, that these kinds of phishing activities, you know, don't, um, not only aren't effective, uh, don't cause any losses, their clients, but also don't besmirch their own reputations as, you know, sort of financial pillars of the of the community. The real problem for small business comes from, you know, home banking and brokerage activities online because, uh, well, well, let me lay out this scenario. Let's suppose that you did respond to one of these phishing emails and cyber criminals obtained your personal information uh, and sufficient information that allows them to access your account online and to drain it. And let's say they 
uh, let's say they drain $25,000 out of an account. You know, they, they find a nice size account that had a bunch of cash in it, and they take it. Um, chances are 99.9% that your bank is going to be obliged to make that right for you as an individual. Right. Okay. Let's suppose, however, that that happens to your company. Well, the bank has no obligation whatsoever under existing regulations and law to make that right for you, absent you going to court to make them do it. And oh, no, when, I you, when, you, when you go to court, you'd have to prove that their security, that their information security was inadequate. Um, and and it's not clear you'd be able to do that because they'd probably be able to show that, hey, look, we're doing what everybody else is doing. You responded to one of these phishing emails. It's really unfortunate, but um, and we're sorry for your loss, but there's nothing we can do for you. Well, listen, Steve, I have to interrupt because we have to finish up this segment, but I want to come back to why businesses are more vulnerable, more at risk, don't have as much protection or the law isn't really designed to protect them as much as an individual when we come back after this segment. So please stand by, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Money. We love it, we hate it, and everything in between. You can be the master of your life and your own economics. Join Professor Laurie Lamantia each week for the program Making Peace with Money. Laurie will help you realize the power to create fulfillment in your life and shed new light on your money madness. You'll learn how to make peace with money and feel the joy and freedom renewed in your life. Making Peace with Money is broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back in our final segment with Steve Lee, the preeminent global fraud detective who I like to call the $2.75 billion man because he helped notch the settlement of um, a huge antitrust, a huge antitrust case on behalf of Discover Financial Services. Steve, in our last segment, you were making, you were talking about the differences between what an individual's protection might be in a cybercrime and a business's protection might be in cybercrime, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to make those points clear. Yeah, um, thanks, Cindy. Uh, yeah, I think that what we just, what your, what your listeners need to understand is that it's not that you're protected, um, you know, on your PC or your Mac at home when you're doing um, home banking. Um, I mean, you're not protected from phishing. If you respond to one of these evil emails that asks for your information, you're going to have a problem. And it's, you know, you could lose your identity, you could uh, experience economic damage. You're certainly going to have um, the tremendous stress of you know, at least temporarily losing money from your account. Uh, and, and the bank may be obliged to, and probably is obliged, to make that right for you. Um, at least that, that's sort of been common practice up until now uh, in the United States. That doesn't, but that's not cyber protection. That's essentially insurance, right? I mean, you're still going to have lost your critical information, perhaps your identity, so you can't be complacent about this. Now, now when you have a small business particularly, or, or actually even a large business, and you're doing online banking, the insurance protections don't exist. So if you, if you respond to a phishing email, if you are hacked, if you're compromised, if your information is obtained and somebody else is able to go into your online account and take your money, the bank is going to tell you, we're very sorry for your loss, but they're right. not going to make it right. Now, in both cases, whether you're an individual or, you're, or, a, or a business or you're an individual who operates a small business, you really need to be taking you know, active steps to protect your information you know, and that's and not relying on insurance because all that's going to do in the best case as an individual is to replace the cash you've lost in your account. It's not going to prevent further attacks. Your your identity's already compromised. It's not good. No, no. So I, what, do, what do businesses do? They have to invest in special protection. Since Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, the best thing you can do, one of the things that we always recommend and that we do here is, is to have a, you know, an, an, a monitoring system. And by that, I mean you know, we don't rely, uh, I'll just tell you what we do, we don't rely on antivirus software or uh, 
or that sort of thing. We have uh, we contract with experts who monitor all the ins and outs of our machines. And um, you know, whenever there's any kind of an attack or a questionable email coming through, these filters, these things are identified, blocked, or we're alerted immediately to to those sorts of things. Is that more expensive than antivirus software? Sure it is. It's probably 10 times more expensive than, than antivirus software, or, or many times since a lot of antivirus software is free. The problem is you get what you pay for. Uh, there's nothing wrong with some of these free uh, bits of software um, in the antivirus world, but they're not going to protect you from these attacks. And, and the second thing that whether you're a business or an individual you need to do is maintain tremendous skepticism about the things that come in at you. Look at them very closely. Somebody's asking you for information through an email, that's probably wrong. Uh, you got to do what you described. You said you'd pick up the phone and call them, and you absolutely should. Or log into your account, but don't log into your account by click, clicking on a link in that email. Log, right. into your, log into your account the way you conventionally log into your account, and find out whether there is a hold on your account or a, a, or something else that this email is purporting as a problem that you need to address right away. And another thing for the viewers to think about, it's just, uh, the listeners to think about, is this. Anytime somebody tries to get you through an email or a pop-up window on your computer to do something quickly, you know, because there's some urgency to it, it almost has to be nonsense. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that's really, really scary about this is um, when fishers or hackers actually assume the identity of somebody that you know. So you yes. think that you're getting an email from a friend, but it's really the fisher that had stolen that identity and is talking to you. I think that's well, one of the most creepy things in cybercrime that I've seen yet. It, it really is, Cindy. I mean, it's a very creepy thing, and the way you protect yourself from that is, you know, we're, you have to stop doing what we all do, which is, you know, we all tend to think that we need to do everything on our computer at light speed, right? We need to process emails very quickly, respond instantly to everything, uh, you know, click and go. Well, read the email. Does it sound like your friend? Is this the kind uh, you of have thing to that... ask? You, everybody has to be their own private detective. Well, that, that's right. You have to have a higher, you know, until somebody else does this for us, you have to be vigilant. You know, there's, there's what, the, what the law enforcement people call yo-yo, you're on your own. Do they really? <laughs> yes, they do. Okay. Yeah. No, I, well, I, and I think that's true. Well, you know, Steve, we're coming to the end of the show. I wanted to talk a little bit about physical security because it's yet another thing that you're global company does, but I don't think we're going to have that much time. The only thing that I want to ask you about it is, is that all of this stuff with changing technology at airports after the December 25th, um, you know, right. scare, um, rhetoric or practical? Mainly rhetoric. Yeah, that's don't what I be, Don't be lulled into a false sense of security. Uh, you know, new policies are going into place, um, but you know, those, those, first of all, it's not clear to me how new those policies are. And secondly, what they're mainly trying to do is reduce the number of individuals who are sent through 
the security funnel. Is that a good thing? Well, it probably is if you're an innocent uh, traveler and you're not going to be inconvenienced. Is it really a good thing for the rest of us? Not sure that's the case. Well, we'll have to have another show on that because we're coming to the end. And, again, you always have such meaningful, useful, in-depth information to make the listener aware of all things going on around them. It's really no surprise that you have the success that you do. Um, We all really appreciate you spending the time with us, and uh, we'll find you on another topic very, very soon, Steve. I want to thank you so much for spending the hour with us. Thank you, Cindy. It's always great to be with you. All right. Well, everybody, be safe, and... um, Have a great weekend. And, Steve, you will be pretty much live for the next three weeks because, as you know, I'm taking a trip to China and I won't be broadcasting from there. So look for yourself on voiceamerica.com. I will. All right. Thanks, everybody, and take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.